listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Are you struggling with marketing your independent pharmacy? Pharmacy Marketing Simplified brings you innovative, easy to implement solutions from industry experts who have developed a knack for solving problems. A publication by GRX Marketing, who has a team of over 45 years of pharmacy marketing experience. Hey everyone, it's Nicole McClure, president of GRX Marketing, bringing you another Pharmacy Marketing Simplified podcast episode. And today's guest, I'm so excited to have her on. Um, I've known Monique with Putt for quite a long time and always love talking to her and um, just the strategies that uh, Putt is doing to help the independent pharmacy industry. Um, so Monique, welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, Nicole. Thank you. It's really great to be with you. And I really enjoy when we get a chance to, to talk because we always have really interesting conversations. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess before we kind of dive into our conversation, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Yeah. So I am the executive director for Pharmacists United for Truth and Transparency, uh, which is a nonprofit advocacy organization that fights PBM, pharmacy benefit manager abuse and overreach. And we do that mostly at the state level. We do this through, you know, lots and lots and lots of education, educational materials. We also, you know, collect um, evidence. Now, I realize as I'm saying this, I'm really talking more about PUT than myself. I'm, I'm actually That's PUT's, okay. <laughs> PUT's a national organization. I, I happen to be in Phoenix, Arizona, and where it is unseasonably cold. We actually we had a freeze warning this morning, which means that it was you know like 50 degrees or something here. Yeah. Uh, we are we we have um, officers all over, but uh, that that's a little bit about me. And also for anyone who is listening, if you hear faint dog barking in the background, I am a dog mom. I have four dogs, and they are. Um, all rescues and they are just delightful. I love them very much. And they're very barking this morning. <laughs> they just want to be part of the conversation. <laughs> well, they always have something to say, that's for sure. <laughs> um, awesome. So for our listeners that, you know, maybe aren't familiar with Pat, you you kind of started talking about it a little bit, um, but anything you want to add on, um, you know, what you guys do and um, how you help independent pharmacy owners? Yeah, absolutely. So, PUT is um, PUT is it's wonderful. It's, it was founded, if you can believe this, it was founded 12 years ago by oh of independent pharmacy owners. So, 12 years ago, there was a group of six um, independent pharmacy owners who were seeing this writing on the wall about PBMs and they just the future, which unfortunately, you know, has more than come true. They had this idea that if we could get some education on the matter, if we could call for transparency in the, you know, the pharmacy supply chain, if you will, and really get to the nut of the problem of rising drug prices, which a big part of it, a big, big, big part of it actually is PBMs, which I'm sure your listeners know. Um, their idea was if we could get education that this would change. And th there's been some truth to that. But unfortunately, what none of us could have predicted is that the more that we were able to start solving the problem, the more, you know, um, the problem started to grow because PBMs will, they just, you can't nail them down. Unfortunately, it's a very, very lucrative industry for them. And 
they are able to do everything from undercutting reimbursements to, you know, extorting rebates to, you know, charging exorbitant fees. I mean, it, we all know this and it's just, we don't want to rehash it too much because it's a very lovely day and nobody wants their day ruined. But what <laughs> we do is we, we provide, we, we definitely provide educational materials for anyone who needs it. We, we uh, help advocate wherever we are invited, we will show up. Uh, what that looks like. So, so I'm here in Arizona and, and I work very closely with the Arizona Independent Pharmacy Coalition. What I do is I bring educational materials to legislators. I expand on the problem. I explain it in a way that helps someone who isn't familiar with the problem in a way that they can understand. And we'll do that. We'll, we'll go state to state. You know, again, it's wherever invited. It, we, it would be amazing just to like drop in and help wherever we're. <laughs> we're, we're a small organization, uh, although we've been around for 12 years. We are uh, our membership. We're funded, by the way, by uh, independent pharmacy owners. So we're, we're grateful for every donation that we receive because it allows us to then do the work that we're doing. It's it's really a neat thing because it's it's literally like 100% of the donations that are are provided to us are invested right back into education materials and so forth. Um, I have spent time testifying in front of the FTC. I have spoken in front of you know legislative committees sometimes in in hearings just to be able to talk about whatever you know whatever the issue is that's on the floor for discussion and to try to help explain so that that's a little bit about what we do we do a lot of media work we uh, that's actually what we were originally founded to do but didn't start out as an advocacy organization we're the accidental advocates but but we have become uh, really good partners with other organizations like you guys like all the work that you do and we are, you know, really happy to to make connections to other organizations and patient organizations and other provider organizations because unfortunately the problem is just huge. I mean, it is right growing, growing. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know that's a good point, and I meant to touch on that earlier. You know, some people may be like, "Why is she having put on a marketing podcast?" Like, it's maybe not directly. Co- correlated in some people's eyes. But the truth of the matter is, is I think to be involved in any sort of way in this industry, you have to be abreast on the the situations. And, you know, PBMs are such a huge thing that affect pharmacy owners. So, you know, that's partly why um, I wanted to bring you on today to talk about the issues and kind of what's going on in the industry. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And it's interesting because you're so right. You know, I meet pharmacy owners who, you know, have worked in their business for years. And as they come to understand, you know, what the forces are that that are invisible uh, that are affecting their ability to really, you know, be successful. And by successful, I mean, I, I mean, like just being able to employ people be able to be uh, able to take care of your patients in the way that, you know, you as a pharmacist were, were trained and the practices that you've developed. So the more that we do that, the more they begin to understand, you know, that it's not, it's not them. It's, it's this other set of forces behind the scene that have made it really difficult, you know, to, to be as successful as a pharmacy or pharmacist or pharmacy owner, you know, as you could be. Right. For sure. Um, can you kind of touch on, you know, some of the current projects that you've worked on or are working on right now and or some of the recent accomplishments you guys have had, kind of whatever you want to highlight? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so we so right now 
where we are looking, there, a couple of things have come up in the last in the last few days. So, um, you know, as as you and I are talking, yesterday the news came out, or at least maybe I maybe I'm always late to the party. Maybe it wasn't yesterday, but just in the last day or two, one of the FTC commissioners has resigned, and she has made a big, you know, um, display of her resignation, and she's talking about how the chairwoman, Lena Khan, isn't playing by the rules. And so one of the things that we are doing is we're, we are speaking out about that and just you know assuring pharmacies and pharmacists and patients that this won't have any effect on the, the 6B study. So, so for anyone who doesn't know what the 6B study is, last year the FTC voted to do an in-depth study of pharmacy benefit manager practices, and they're investigating the six largest PBMs for anti-competitive practices, of which there are just too many to even list now. So right now, we, we just want to make sure, you know, our, our members and, and people out there understand that although this person has resigned for the reasons that she has publicly stated, this does not affect the work that we're doing. And in fact, we're still very much in support of the FTC because there's so much vertical vertical integration Anyway, and PBMs are are the biggest part of that. That started a few years ago, but just in general, with with the way that insurers are buying up doctors' practices and technology companies and so forth. So we want to speak out about that. The other thing that's really big for us is we are continuing to to charge forward with our messaging about end DIR fees. There was a campaign for several years to fix DIR fees, and that was led by the National Community Pharmacists Association, whom we appreciate uh, and and you know would never like throw stones at. But what we we feel like the um, the fixed DIR by moving those clawbacks to the point of sale did not end the problem. The problem is that these fees are being taken and they are really putting many pharmacies viability at risk. So we we're very, very vocal about ending them all together. Just there's, there's no evidence that these fees have ever reduced costs for seniors or anyone in Medicare. And they just, they seem, and yet, you know, they're, they're going up by, Literally, I think I read somewhere 107,000 uh, percent mm-hmm. last several years, and that's just not sustainable. So, so we focus on that, and and we do a lot of other things to help support our members. Uh, you know, one one of the things that I notice. So, so this is uh, because I, I am frequently in stakeholder meetings with lobbyists from the opposition. I, I tend to take note of their talking points. And what they are, what the lobbyists uh, for the opposition are saying in these meetings, and and then what I do is I keep a collection of those so that you know we can have them ready and available for anyone who might be coming up against a similar topic in their own legislative stakeholder meetings. And just for anyone who doesn't know what that is, many times in states they don't just they don't just put a bill out there and say, hey, House or Senate, vote on this. They many legislators like to get all the parties together in an attempt to try to negotiate a better bill. But often that's an exercise in frustration and futility because, you know, you're bringing people who, you know, passionately want something and people who passionately don't want something together. And of course, you know, there you have it, right? So so we end up doing a lot of things like that too. So it's a lot of like background work as well, deep, deep background. So you're not always going to see putt in the papers, but very often where you're seeing advocacy or movement, I, I can assure you that we we have played some type of role in that. And we'll continue to do that. We're continuing to involve our materials and update our materials. 
you guys are behind the scenes working and advocating for the pharmacies. We, we are. And I, you know, I like, it's always funny. Cause like, I, I, I'm always wanting to brag about things we do. And there's always a little part of me that's like, I don't know if I should, but our name is, you know, truth. <laughs> right. So one of the things a few years ago, we started, we started attacking the problem of pharmacy transaction fees. So this is something that'll, that a surprising number of pharmacy owners don't know about. And that is that every time you go to submit a claim, every time you go to check a price for a customer, you'll get a transaction fee. And and they're innocuous. They used to be just a few cents and then they became a quarter and now they're up as high as $2. And it's just awful. These are fees that they're hard to find in the software system. Some systems have them more readily available than others. And we started attacking these transaction fees. And I noticed there, I, I started writing down these talking points. And I did this because at the time we were working with, <clears throat> with another state and not, not Arizona, because we did eventually do this in Arizona where I am, but we were working with another state. And I wrote down the lobbyist talking points because I wanted to be prepared for the next meeting. And then what ended up happening was when I went into my own transaction fee work here in Arizona with the Arizona Pharmacy Coalition, I, these talking points were totally helpful. And I thought, you know what I should do? We should start collecting these and have them available behind the scenes. And that way, anyone who, you know, wants, who needs, you know, ideas for how to respond to these points, here will be this collection of these talking points. And I'm proud of that because we've developed a little library of that. But at the same time, I'm always just a little hesitant to brag about that because I don't <laughs> necessarily want the opposition to know that we have put those together. But I, you know, I like, I, I swear the lobbyists state to state don't talk to each other because the talking points are often very old and very stale and often not very relevant. And it's, so I'll, I'll sit there and I'll listen and I'll be like, I just, really convinced that like if they pick up the phone and talk to a lobbyist in another state, maybe they'd get like up to speed, but thankfully they don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully no one is listening who will tip them off, you know, that they should be doing that. So, <laughs> but that's an example. So, so behind the scenes, that's one very big way we do that. Other things, you know, we, um, are, we'll look for pharmacists who can talk to a reporter, you know, who has a question about something or we'll find, people to help with op-eds and stuff. So, so we're doing a lot of, a lot of that as well. And although, again, you won't always see our name attached to the project. Uh, it's, it's really never been about, you know, about us so much as it's just been about get this job done because, you know, patients need their, their pharmacies, they need their pharmacists. And the more that, you know, we see large PBMs with their quote unquote preferred networks their patient steering, their, you know, um, moving things to specialty, their requirements for patients to use certain types of medications over others. The more that we see that happening, the more harm comes to patients, the more harm comes to pharmacy. And we just want to make sure that that, that doesn't happen. So we're, we're all in for this fight and we want to make sure that, you know, the pharmacy industry, but particularly the independent and community pharmacy industry stays alive and stays viable and then starts to thrive. So that's mm -hmm. the old here. Yeah, you mentioned the the transactional fees, which I don't know that I've heard much about. So, um, you know, I'm curious, what else do you think that pharmacy owners might not know? Um, you know, I, I feel like they most of them probably have a pretty good good grasp of PBMs, but is there anything that you're seeing that maybe um, the majority might not be aware of? You know, that's such a good question. And it, I have found that it runs the gamut. Uh, there's not, or the, to, at least so far as I've been able to tell, there's not a lot of education 
among pharmacists in general about PBMs and about, you know, what the impact they have, particularly if you're going to go into, you know, pharmacy ownership. Once you're in pharmacy ownership, of course, these things start to like pop out of the woodwork and you see them pretty clearly. I think if there was something that I was going to point to, I would say don't underestimate the ability of all of the the money that they have to create you know, false organizations to, um, to market to people, to confuse the situation. Um, they have so many revenue streams. It's a very lucrative business to be a pharmacy benefit manager, because if you think about it, you know, as a PBM, you're the one who you have all the lives that are, you know, under the insurance plan, you have all the power of the network and where those patients are going to go. You have all the power of what's going to be covered on the formulary and you have all the power of what you're going to reimburse the pharmacy. And right now, because it's so, so hard to regulate and get, get true transparency on the matter, you know, it, you really, it's possible to underestimate just how much power and how much money these guys have. And then the moment, you know, we start to, we, the industry, not, not necessarily we put, but the moment we start to push back and we start to point to clearly anti-competitive practices, all of a sudden these, you know, these patient groups, quote unquote, patient groups start to spring up online and you'll see things like here, Arizonans for affordable healthcare of, you know, of which there is no real organization. It's a shell for mm. being purposes. Right. So I would say, you know, just don't underestimate, but also don't underestimate the power of, you know, being a, a simple, simple isn't the right term, but, but, you know, I've, I've I think we have a tendency to look at ourselves and say, well, I'm just a, I'm just a simple business person. I'm just a simple mm-hmm. list. Don't underestimate the power of that because truth really is on, on our side as providers and our legislators want to hear from us. Our patients want to know that we care about them and, and about the problem. So, um, I would say if there's anything like just don't underestimate <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because, you know, people that are listening now and it's like, oh, it's, it just sounds like all gloom and doom, you know, why would I want to even get involved or, you know, it just seems like too big a problem for me that only owns one store, you know, in Iowa. Um, But I think if more people started to get involved, pharmacy owners, um, you know, every little bit, bit helps, I think. And so for those out there that are maybe, you know, they want to get involved, kind of take that first step, but they're not sure where to start, what advice would you give them? I would say just start by getting getting educated as much as you can. And, you know, now this is where I'm going to shill for, for my website. So uh, PUT, our website is truthrx.org. So T-R-U-T-H-R-X.org. And we have lots and lots of educational materials and we track what's happening in the news. In fact, you know, you, you're there in Iowa and your, your Senator Chuck Grassley, uh, right. He's, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I know it's, I know he's in Iowa that all of a sudden I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's one of the biggest advocates at the federal level for pharmacy benefit manager reform. And it actually started with individual pharmacists talking to him and explaining the problem. And so, you know, at the federal level, he's become a huge force. That I think is a perfect example of what anyone should do. Start by getting your facts, go to our website, go to any, any website about PBMs. You'll see lots of information out there. 
but you know, for us, because we're a nonprofit, we're a 501c3, you know, our dog in the fight here is just making sure that patients and, and doctors and pharmacies, pharmacists have as much information as they can possibly get their hands on. Uh, and then, you know, I would also say as far as getting involved, maybe talk, talk to your patients. If you are a community pharmacist and you're you know, wondering like, what's this been like for your patients? And, and, you know, you get some interesting stories if they haven't already walked in your pharmacy and started talking about it, because one really fantastic thing about patients is that they can get very vocal, especially if their, you know, treatment protocols are interfered with. But I would say start there, get educated. And then the next thing is to talk to other pharmacists as well. I know that there's a fear of doing that because there's these, um, the, oh my gosh, the word just escaped my head, my mind, the antitrust. I think I remember I used to be in these meetings where everyone would have to stop. Someone would read like an anti-collusion statement. It's not collusion to talk with your fellow pharmacists about just like what, what's been going on? What, like how, how, how is it going? What are you experiencing? The other thing I would say, definitely get involved for anyone who is wondering if their state association is a good place to start. Pot, we, we have a saying, which is start with your state pharmacy association, flood them with participation. Um, if that doesn't work, you know, then, then move on, but otherwise participate at the national level with like national community pharmacists association is a great group to begin with, to, to go to at the next level, but then also participate with PUT. You know, we, we say that we, we don't put ourselves first in that line, but everything that is, um, that, that our members, we call our donors members, everyone that our mem everything our members donates, you know, we, we take that and we invest that in good faith into these materials and we are here to help. And anyone at any time, whether you're a member or not, you are welcome to contact us. We will get back to you. We talk to everybody. We provide whatever we can. There are some things that we have that are, that are specific to membership. So membership has its perks, if you will, but, um, but we're, we're here to help and, and we're, we'll, we'll, you know, unless, unless we really, really, really can't do it, we always find a way to help or, or to help connect somebody. If we don't have the answer, we absolutely can find someone who will. So that I don't think was a simple way of saying how to get started. <laughs> no, I think that was great. You gave a lot of different ideas, um, you know, different avenues that they can take. And hopefully, you know, our listeners choose one of them as, as a first step to get started. Um, you, you touched on, you know, educating patients, which I think is so important. And, you know, we try to help our, our clients do that um, because I think, you know, on their end, patients are even more confused. You know, they don't understand why they get these letters from the from PBM saying they have to change pharmacies or, um, you know, they don't really understand the, the pharmacy process. It's, you know, a very convoluted, confusing process for those that are not in it. And so taking that time to educate them, I think is really important. And, yeah, and you had mentioned, um, you know, you guys have materials. So even just, you know, handing out bag stuffers or, you know, putting something on social media, um, to help educate people, I think is, is a good place to start kind of from that marketing end. Um, and even maybe just like doing a Q and a with your patients, you know, like do something after hours, um, to have you just be a resource as, as the pharmacist and answer their questions. You know, and that's, that is such a good point. Putt's president is Deborah Kevney, and she is an independent pharmacy owner about 50 miles outside of Minneapolis, St. Paul. So 
uh, community pharmacy for sure. And she, she's done that very thing. She's had, you know, events where she has her patients come in and, and she gets to know them and, and talk with them. And it's not like you have to sit down with your patients and get in the weeds. Like it's called a pharmacy benefit manager and this thing is called a rebate, although that's helpful, right. you know, particularly for the, the patients that want to know, but it's just, a, it's a good way to sort of, um, prepare them for, for that inevitable. And I wish I didn't have to say this, but that inevitable, oops, we goofed letter that will come out because the, the mm-hmm. number of that particularly, I want to say express scripts, they're the worst of this. Um, but this is a practice everywhere. These letters get sent out, they are misleading, they're wrong. And then what happens is, uh, they get reported, they get a, a ridiculously small fine, but the damage is done because these patients have gotten a letter that says, hey, you have to change your pharmacy or your drug prices will go up. Um, the, the PBM says something like, oh, that wasn't supposed to go out. Oops, we goofed. But, you know, it's like it's it's done. Right. So the best thing a, a pharmacist can do is let their patients know, like, if you get a letter like that before you change, come see us. Uh, let, let's make sure that what what you're seeing is accurate, because it's almost always not the case. It's almost always a ploy to try to move patients and they don't, patients don't know because they're not right. in business. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird in a way, like to think about here we are in the United States and we have, you know, fantastic systems here and lots of technology and it's, you know, the 21st century. And here we're having to talk about like really old ploys, like patient steering letters and other games that get played. You'd think we wouldn't have to talk about this now, but, you know, here we are (laughs) having to talk about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, with those letters, we help clients quite a bit, you know, send out communication after the fact when they find out about them. But yeah, sometimes the damage has already been done. There's one other thing I did want to want to mention, which is, yeah, I would say definitely, definitely get to know your legislators for your district. Um, a lot of yeah. my, my experience is that this has not been much of a problem for independent pharmacy owners, but I, I can't underscore enough, particularly if you happen to be in a larger community. Uh, it doesn't the job doesn't get done by anybody else. It really does get done by by you being willing to step outside your pharmacy or even just invite your legislator to your pharmacy, uh, they do care about their constituents. They, they, the, your legislators, your representatives, they, they want to know, they want to know how they can help and they need that education. And it can start with this, some, something as simple as just like a, Hey, hello, I'm in your district. I own, you know, this pharmacy, I serve this many patients. I just want to introduce myself and, mm-hmm. or something as simple as an email and then develop those relationships. You'd be amazed the number of times relationships that just developed that way. They started off with a simple, hey, hello. And then later on in the process, that legislator actually uh, becomes somebody important. They're all important, right? But I mean like important, like speaker of the house or something like that. And, And you have someone now who's a powerhouse, who's educated and they can really do something great, which is exactly what happened in Michigan when uh, a, one of the a PUP members, also a member of several other organizations, just started off with a simple, you know, hello, this is my name, this is my pharmacy. And then over the years, his his representative eventually became Speaker of the House and, and was extremely instrumental in getting a very good anti-competitive law passed there that would protect pharmacies from some of the abuses that, you know, they've been experiencing for years there. Yeah, good point. 
Yeah, I've definitely learned throughout the years, you you never know who knows who and who's connected. So yeah, it's always a, a good place to start. Yeah, it's so, it's crazy. Like these stories are, they always make me so happy when I hear them and I'll, I'll always ask, well, you know, how did you, how'd you get involved? How'd you get started? And it's almost always like, well, I just thought I should finally get the courage up to introduce myself and I did and here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, as we wrap things up, anything else um, you want to touch on for our, our listeners? Well, I think mainly I just, you know, want to say thank you. Thank you to you guys. You do such amazing work and we're big fans. And uh, thanks to all of our pharmacists out there um, who are working with patients and communities. I, I have the utmost respect for people who go into the, the pharmacy profession and particularly now, because there was a time when there really was like this golden age that was well before I was involved. I actually got involved in this because uh, I started off uh, just doing some contract work as a basic PR girl and then got emotionally involved when I became a patient and then started to learn from my pharmacist about all the things that were happening. But I just, I have such respect for people in this profession and, you know, just want to say thank you. And if there's ever anything that, you know, I or, or the people at PUT can do, you know, please don't hesitate to contact us. You can reach us anytime through our website and, and just, you know, keep, keep up with everything you're doing. And that goes for you too, Nicole, keep up with everything you guys are doing. You're wonderful. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And can you give us your website one more time? Yeah, absolutely. It's so pharmacists United for truth and transparency is our name or PUT P U T T. And our website is truthrx.org. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today. Every time I talk to you, I, I learn something more. So I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. This is Nicole with Pharmacy Marketing Simplified Podcast. For more information on marketing services, you can find us at grxmarketing.com.